You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number five, four, one. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station. This is a continuation of the recycled 2006 10-part TGO Challenge series, which for some reason is missing from the current listing. Sadly, certain voices you hear, such as Andy Howell, Steve Perry and a few others, are no longer with us. 2006 seems like a long time ago now, However, although equipment that people use may have changed, the spirit, the emotion and the adventure the challenge represents will always remain the same. So for those who like long distance trail diaries, enjoy. I'm Steve Perry, and you're listening to Podcast Bob doing the TGR Challenge. Brace yourselves! Backpackinglight.co.uk The UK's first outdoor podcasting show. Minimum weight. Hello and welcome to this special Backpacking Light podcast 10-part series recorded as part of the 2006 TGO Challenge, sponsored by The Great Outdoors magazine and Berghaus. For those of you who don't know, the TGO Challenge is an organised walk which takes place in May of each year, from the west coast to the east coast of Scotland, which is approximately 200 miles. Set up in 1980, the framework and principle is totally unique. It isn't a race or a competition of any kind. The object is to foster good fellowship among walkers within the framework of a challenging expedition. The start consists of 12 sign-out locations on the west coast, from Torridon in the north down to Ardashaig in the south, and each challenger, solo or group, makes their way via a high route, low route or mixture of the two across Scotland to finish anywhere between Arbroath and Fraserborough on the east coast. There's a set two-week window to do this in, and each participant submits their route for inspection prior to departure for safety and advice reasons. The places, however, are limited to 300, and details about the event, if you're interested, and entry forms and past diaries can be found in the October issue of TGO magazine. Each participant makes the challenge as easy or as hard as they wish. The extremes can be a solitary, remote route, sometimes not seeing another person for days on end, or a route which takes in the many social events, perhaps using established accommodation all the way. Most people do a mixture of the two in different forms. This year, I undertook the crossing with my wife Rose, from Lakailort to Dunatar Castle. As we went, I recorded this audio diary to try and capture the atmosphere and to share our experience and those of the many people we met en route. The 2006 TGO Challenge Part 2 On Saturday the 15th we walked to Kinbreak Bothy in reasonable if not promising weather up and over down to Glenpeen and then up and over again to Glenkingy a total of 15.5 kilometres an ascent of 896 metres and descent of 777 
Here we met a handful of other challengers, Steve Perry, Lorraine McCall, Shirley Worrell, Tony Hardman, and father and son team Graham and Gavin Thompson. In this episode, I chat to the Thompsons about their trip, Gavin's first, Lorraine about her work with the John Muir Trust, and Tony Hardman shares his thoughts on this, his 10th crossing. But first, we pick up the story as we climb up from Corrie Hully Bothy. Right, we're about two and a half hours up from the Corrie Hully Bothy, um, and uh, the weather's still holding, although we passed a couple of locals and they said the uh, the forecast was um, going to change later on this afternoon, so we keep our fingers crossed. And we're now looking straight down the glen uh, towards the end of Loch Arcade, although we can't quite see it, we know it's at the end of the glen there. Um, and uh, it's all going swimmingly well. It's quite frightening, really. Um, uh, yeah, everything's going fine. We haven't seen anybody... Uh, obviously, since we started this morning, apart from a couple of locals, and um, uh, we're just taking our time. Uh, hopefully, we'll bump into a few people when we get down to uh, Glen Peen and, and then into Loch Arcaig. Um, but I just thought I'd update you. So it's gone 7, 7 o'clock, 7.30, and uh, finally made it down to Kimbrig Bothy. And who shall I find when I get here but all the famous podcast culprits gathered together having a party <laughs> of nature's. <laughs> None other than Lorraine McCall, Steve Perry, and P. Wiglet, of course, joined by another um, uh, challenger, Tony Hardman. Uh, so I understand that P. Wiglet's actually been... Um, Shirley's been walking with these two all day, is that correct, Shirley? It is. Yes. And what have they been like to actually share um, share time with when you're walking? Have you managed to keep up? Well, I haven't been able to keep up particularly effectively, but um, I've been able to keep them in the distance and um, and keep an eye on where they've been going. They've rescued you, have they? Yeah, they have, yes. They dragged me around and they showed me all sorts of things. I can't remember the name of any of it, but um, it was pretty impressive. All right, you two. Steve, you're sitting quietly there in the corner. Have you enjoyed uh, your challenge? Has it been um, as uh, challenging as you'd hoped it to be? It's been really good, yeah, and... Um the weather forecast was totally wrong. It said it was going to rain, and it's been absolutely beautiful. So, couldn't wish for more, really. And uh, with you, we're walking with the rain. Are you very similar as you as you guard your walking paces? And oh, she's and miles faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I disagree with both these <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping Shirley company today and she certainly wasn't way behind. She was walking the same pace as me and Steve is off like a whippet for most of the day. Was he really? Yeah, absolutely. Went into gear 16 at one stage and just did, shot he? off the face yeah. of the planet. So have you put any weight on since you've uh, finished Steve then? Or are you, you still the, the whippet form that uh, you finished your, your winter marones in? I've just uh, got a bit of a belly from too many kebabs and uh, too much Guinness, I think. And Mars bars. <laughs> and Mars bars, yeah. So I gather you you all started from Malaig, um and took the ferry to Inverie, and I gather you went straight on the hills from there. Is that true? <laughs> um, three hours later, we... Uh, no, four hours later, we, we managed to stagger out of the pub having had about five pints and then decided to make our way to Surly's Boffin, sweating beer out all the way. <laughs> And what was it like down at Sarah Lee's? Were there many there, there last night? I think there was about, um, there must have been seven or eight tents yeah. there. And, um, quite a nice crowd, actually. And uh, there were some mountain boffy guys who were working in the boffy and things like that. So, yeah, it was a good night. Nice um, sunset and uh, not too cold. It was all mm. right. It's a, it's a perfect location, isn't it, down at Sarah Lee's? 
Well, it's beautiful, yeah. You couldn't ask for a nicer place, a boffy by the sea, surrounded by mountains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what about the um, getting round the headland to, to the to the body itself when you get over that bridge? Did you find that um, well, uh, challenging? Shirley and I went for a swim, really. Yeah. We took the more interesting route. Yes. We didn't fancy climbing over yet another hill at the end of the day, and so therefore we decided water. to wade round instead, so that was much better. Um, it probably made more sense, I would think, actually. It's very nice. Oh, I see. Pick up some seafood on the way. Excellent. Shirley got uh, nearly swallowed by a bog, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Went in up to my hip. Mm. Yeah, Lorraine stopped at um, a toilet on the back of a boffy, which is an estate boffy, and uh, managed to <laughs> shatter the whole toilet. Really. <laughs> no, I, I shattered the lid of the system, which I will be telling them about. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing dancing on the lid of the system? <laughs> I thought it was being very good and filling it back up with water from the burn, <laughs> and it slipped out my hand. Right. Well, the fire's going, and uh, I see we've got a variety of refreshments here, so I'm looking forward to uh, settling down and having some nosh and um, a pleasant evening. In the morning, as we were all packing up, I asked Graham Thompson and his son Gavin how they had found it so far. Uh, a bit boggy over the tops uh, the first couple of days and uh, we wanted really to do a bit of Noid art. Um, there's so much around it being the remotest place. Uh, really enjoyed it. The weather's been excellent as you, you can probably yeah, see. Yeah. Fine. What more can you want? And obviously we being Gavin's first challenge it's made it all the better because uh, we're trying to do it the right way in the tents and that. <laughs> Kept out of the boffy so uh, how long we'll keep up with that I don't know. If it gets a bit wet we could be in a boffy but we're so, enjoying it. So where did you start from? We started up at uh, Malay, got the ferry to Inverai, uh, went over to Sewerlees and then across to uh, Kinbrake here and we're heading down to Tom Doon today. So there was quite a few on the uh, on the crossing there at Malay, there wasn't was, there? There was, yeah. Uh, quite surprised because I started at other venues and not been as many people. It was quite popular, but uh, all the same, a lovely place to start from. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a nice spot. Well, let's have a quick word with, with Gavin then. First trip then, Gavin? Yes. Yep. Well, two, three days into it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no problems so far, which is good news. Uh, the weather's held out really well, which is good. Um, but I can definitely see if it, if it was snowing up here, you'd be having definite difficulties. Without a doubt, but no, really enjoying it. It's good to get some uh, fresh, clean air in my lungs living down London way. It's nice to get up here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I got married seven months ago, so it's nice to get away from the missus for, <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> That's not going on there. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's my 24th wedding anniversary tomorrow, and I've, oh, had, right. I've had to bring her with me. <laughs> oh, dear, she asked she's going to hear that as well. Uh, <laughs> So, um, have you done this sort of thing before? Long trip at all? Um, nothing this big. No, I've done a couple of coastal paths. Did the Isle of Wight and I've done the Isle of Arran. Uh, but nothing this big, which is, uh, once, you, once you've done this, I suppose, nothing's going to phase you. Mm. So, no, but really enjoying it. It's a good crack. And uh, being, being out in the middle of nowhere just gives you that added sense of uh, challenge mm. about it, which is great, which mm. is exactly why I wanted to come to it. And uh, 25 years old now, I'm just looking forward to another 20, 30 years worth of more challenges yeah. really gets you. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big thing to say actually, isn't it? Now, but looking forward to it. Oh, good. Yeah, to the rest good. of the trip now. Yeah. Have you um, have you been had any surprises regards the uh, you know the, the conditions underfoot and what the actual the terrain's been like? I mean, we've been very lucky with the weather considering yeah. the last few years and the, the experience I've had. Um, but how have you found the terrain when you've compared the, it to the map, as it were? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the train itself, uh, the train itself, it's it's very hard going underfoot. 
very boggy which means you, you basically you, you, your shock absorbers in your feet are just taking a hammering all the time uh, especially coming up with Glen Desiree there going up that ascent there that really takes it out you're doing practically 20-25 steps stopping and really taking a, a good breather in before you're setting off uh, so looking at the map it's uh, it's a bit of a culture shock if you've only done a couple of coastal paths but nonetheless it's uh, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. I'm not going to put it down or anything like that. It's a challenge, that's why we're here, and it's great to just to get tackling it. Mm. really is. But no, there is a few hidden surprises around every corner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yes, and more to come, no doubt. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a couple of locks in there at the top of Glendestory, a really beautiful yeah, sort of right. isolated spot. That's right, there is, yeah, yeah, um, across there. And it really is beautiful just to stop for a couple of minutes and, and have a look around and just make note of, of the scenery and whatnot. Uh, like I say, coming from London, you, you don't get much scenery apart from a couple of buildings and uh, a few planes coming over, so it really is breathtaking. What sort of, um, you know, what, the, the way you're actually um, approaching this and, and doing the walk, are you sort of um, passing through as fast as you can or are you sort of taking time to, in, to enjoy, uh, enjoy the surroundings? Because some people sort of want to get from A to B yeah. as soon as possible, you know? No, I think our theory very much is if it takes us till 9, 10 o'clock at night, as long as there's sunlight, we'll, we'll take that time. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not doing bad in, in regard to timings. We're getting here on time, what we said we would do, but there's nothing to stop us sitting down for an extra 20 minutes, extra 30 minutes, and just taking in the scenery or, or taking in that view which, which you saw on the map or you didn't see on the map and you think, right, yeah, that's worth it. Mm. So definitely, we're, we're not strict. and we're not, We know it's not a race. As long as we get to the end... Um, then we're happy as long as I get my T-shirt my badge so I can sew it onto my rucksack. That's the main thing. <laughs> and talking about your rucksack and gear, what, um, do you know how much sort of weight you're both carrying? Um, I started off from 15.3. That was at the airport because I flew up. Right. Um, so obviously it's come down a, a tad bit now, but I think it's going back up now with the amount of mud I put on it from falling over a couple of times. <laughs> so it's pretty much as I started off, I'd say. Right. 15 around there. And yeah. so you're looking forward to the view tonight from the, the bar in the Tom Doon Hotel, I understand? Yes, very much so. Yes. Yeah, I think it's only right that we sample some of the local uh, hospitality. You know, I think it's only part of the challenge, isn't it, to do so? <laughs> Down by the stream where we had camped, I was uh, making a brew when Lorraine dropped by to have a chat about her very first boat trip from Malague to Inveree. And it was really exciting because although I've been annoyed at it before, I had never actually been over to Inveree. So it was just fabulous to go on the wee boat and come over. And we had a great journey over. Um, it didn't rain and the weather forecast was really horrible for the last few days and it's been fabulous. And uh, we got off. We got off at Inveree, and um, I've always wanted to go to the old forge for years. I've got quite a lot of friends that actually live there as well, and we ended up being there for about four hours before now, we started. This is a walk. pub, isn't it? It's a wee yes. It's a little pub just as you come off the ferry. Is it? Is it supposed to be the most uh, westerly pub or something? I think it's in the supposed UK? to be the most remote pub in the UK. Right. And yeah, I think it, it certainly is, and it's a fabulous little place. And we met some more of the challengers, uh, Shirley and Heather and a few other people there. And uh, we sat and had a few beers before we, went, we carried on into Surleys. Yeah. Yeah. And I gather the uh, the tide was in when you came down from uh, from the climb yes, down towards Surleys. absolutely. Steve and Mark um, were ahead of us and they decided to go uphill and over a little pass. And Shirley and I thought, let's just wade our way through the water. And it was lovely and cool. Yes. Didn't find any mussels, though. <laughs> and then from there... Uh, we, got, we had a really nice night at Surleys, actually. You know, just we all, we all camped outside. It was a fabulous evening. There was a couple of people for the MBA and the both. They went in for a wee while for the fire. 
and then sat around playing cards and having a few drinks at night. Went to bed about 12 and got up about half six and headed up over the Shkurna Key Ridge. Mm-hmm. And it was a fabulous day for it. Again, we've just been so lucky. The, the weather forecast was just for really horrible rain. And we came right across the whole ridge in just fabulous conditions. And it was Shirley's first time being up there. And it's always very special if you're mm. annoyed at it for the first time. Oh, fantastic. And I know as I sort of asked you last night, it wasn't very clear. What was it like with the three of you walking? Because I've got this image of what it must be like with you and Steve and, uh, and Shirley. <laughs> I think Shirley thought she was playing catch up all the time. But actually, Shirley and I were keeping quite a good pace together. And Steve, um, a few times he was way ahead of us. And then he just would sit, sit quite happily and wait on us. Right. Well, we caught up again, and that he's, was fine. He's yeah. got a different gear setting on his legs, Absolutely. has he? Absolutely, I don't think he's finished his, his own walk for very long yet, yeah. so, yeah. And uh, you're doing this, doing this challenge as part of something else, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm recording my journey for the, the John Muir Trust. I'm doing a, a bit of work just now on um, for the John Muir Trust called The Journey for the Wild. And they're basically, over this whole summer, they're having a celebration of wild places. And they've sent four wooden message batons out to all the cardinal points of the UK, so there's one going up to Shetland and there's one going out to the Hebrides and there's one going right down to the Scilly Isles and there's one going out to the North Sea. And there's, there's going to be a lot of people doing all these different journeys to bring these wooden message batons back to Central Point of Glen Nevis um, on the 26th of August. But out with it, that's one way to get involved is actually to take part in one of those legs. And, for example, it could be um, sea kayaking from Scilly to Cornwall and then making your way up the South East Cornwall Path uh, you could be sea kayaking across the Solway Firth or uh, walking the West Highland Way. There's lots of different things people can get involved in. But out with that, if you can't actually get involved in the dates of that journey, you can do your own. So I'm recording my, my TGO challenge as my journey for the wild this year. OK. And wh- yeah. where, are, where are all these recordings of the journeys and, and things yeah, go to? Yeah, basically we've got a, a website which is um, g- gmt.org forward slash journey. And if you go on there... You can either you can pick one of the routes on, on the big journey, you can just post a message saying what, what, how you value wild places, or you can just um, record your own journey that you've made and say why, why you've enjoyed that and send in any photos or pictures or paintings or anything towards that. And the, at the end of the summer, there's going to be a big exhibition in Edinburgh displaying everything. Right, and, so, and the yeah. purpose of this is to well, raise the profile of John Will Trust? Well, hopefully it will, yeah. It would be, um, she's certainly the champion of wild places, but on top of that, it really is a celebration of wild places, and it's very positive, and it's, it's getting people to think really positively about wild places and what's valuable about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And talking of which, where are you going today? We're making our way out, Steve and I are making our way out to Spean Bridge today. Right. Yeah, we were, we were going to go via Invermalley Bothy first, but I think we're just going to have a long sort of road slog today because it means that the next few days after that we can really get into the hills in the Central Highlands. OK. Well, I hope so, you wish yourself a safe journey and I'll thank you. think I'll probably catch up with you in, in Braemar. I think you certainly will. Looking forward to it. So we're, we've come out of uh, Kimbrick Bothy. We're on the track now towards Tom Doon. And I'm with Tony Hardman, who is uh, a legend in the making in the annals of challenges, because when you've done the challenge 10 times, uh, you become, I think, the official term is a legend. And then you come on to, uh, go on to the expert level of advising people from their roots and so on. And Tony is on his 10th challenge. So, 
How has uh, this one been compared to the previous nine, Tony? Oh, very good up to now. The weather's been very kind to us. Yesterday in particular. Yeah. Bright sunshine. Uh, and as always, it's the people you meet that really do make make you want to come back yeah. and do it again. It's... Uh, I first came in 1990, did my first challenge then, and I think what struck me more than anything else is the generosity I came across. On the first night, I was offered a house to use as a bathroom in Bengali. Yeah? Yep. And that was what, obviously from a local or from another Yeah, channel? from a local, Glengarry. He was a Richard Wood from the uh, Royal Society of Protection of Birds. He was annoyed out looking at the eagle's nest, checking them. And he offered me his house as a pastoral Glengarry, but because I, I joined up with other challengers, I uh, reneged. Uh-huh. So he can't take strangers into a that environment, but uh, and then I was off at fruitcake, I lift him on trolls, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from there on, everywhere I stopped, people were offering you things, advice, drinks, everything. And then when we got to Bridge of Dunn the night before, Max and Katrina, that owns the Bridge of Dunn Railway, opened the ladies' waiting room up for us and gave us some coal from the engine and uh, settled us down for the night with some jammy dodgers and a nice pot of tea. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. And have you found that generosity the same every year that you've, uh, you've been? More or less, but it was so striking that first time. That was my first time in Scotland as well. And it so endeared me to this, the challenge. Yeah. Really did. I mean, it's, it's been set up, as, as you know, and to foster fellowship between hikers and walkers. Has, yeah. Have you always found that to be true? There's never been any any occasions when it hasn't worked? Not really. No? The odd exception. Uh, the odd exception. That happened on my first challenge as well. It happened to another person who slept under the trees all night. And uh, he was walking it with a colostomy bag on. And his partner and him had this argument and split up. And uh, he became known as a total asshole, <laughs> his partner. And the lad that slept under the trees went on. I think he's on his 12th challenge now. So, but there's the odd incident like that, yeah. but very few. Hey, you, were, you were saying last night in the, in the body that uh, there'd been one or two accidents that had happened and you particularly had been in involved in one of them with a, a rescue. Do you, yes. you just want to tell us a bit about that? Well, we were walking up from Loch, uh, towards Loch Morna from Ben Dronig, Barry Sykes and myself, and as we crossed this particular stream, I went round one side of this big rocky, he went round the other side, lost his balance on the stones, fell backwards over this waterfall, about five foot deep. And I really thought he'd... Uh, I couldn't imagine what would happen. I tried not to think yeah, yeah. what would happen when I looked round. Anyway, I climbed down and got him to his feet. 
and then climbed back out and lifted lifted him up like and uh, bashed his head up and uh, we finished up taking him to Inverness Hospital a couple of days later and uh, he had x-rays yeah. they said they couldn't find anything and I said well I knew that right before the, <laughs> before before the, the yeah. next race to tell me that. <laughs> but fortunately, he was all right. He was okay, like, but yeah. uh, he was concussed a bit. And yeah. He was in shock, and unfortunately, he uh, with his bad knees as well. It just, I think his system got on top of him, and so he went home. Yeah. But uh, he was very fortunate. And he's fortunate he fell backwards and landed on his rucksack. Yeah, yeah. On these rocks. Leticia slipped, slipped on a rock, just getting down into a river to make a river crossing. And uh, how knee deep it was. She slipped on the rock and uh, she was paralysed. So her husband jumped in, had to support her. Another member that fortunately was ultra fit managed to run out and raise the alarm. But she's still on crutches, that lady. So, mad. Yes, I mean, it's one thing about the the, uh, the challenge itself. I mean, it's Scotland really in general. It's not specifically um, specifically special to the challenges. Obviously, the, the terrain is... You've got to watch your, watch your footing, haven't you? Because... Oh. We've been fairly lucky with the weather, but even so, it's still very easy to slip and slide. It is. And it's the simple uh, the simple accidents that can cause the biggest grief with yeah. not knowing whether you can go forward or not. With the 10 years that you've you've done it, what, uh, I mean, a lot of people that perhaps who might be listening to this and considering doing it for the first time, what would you say was one of the most attractive sort of routes to do? Because you've probably started in most places now. I am. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I think uh, one of the highlights of the first day was the Clooney Ridge. And uh, I got like seven Monroes out here. And uh, they don't throw the Larry Grew. Larry Grew's good, is it? Oh, very good, yeah. Okay. It gets a bit rough on top. There's a boulder field. Right. Uh, it's, it, it needs looking after. You know, it needs keep it, keeping as it is. There's so much I haven't seen. I think the, the one thing that really strikes me sometimes is the quality of silence. Yes, it is. You can stop it's total. When the wind drops, you just hear the distant uh, cuckoo, and that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, above Loch Mourne, with nothing. Yeah. Even the bees stopped coming. Certainly one of the most beautiful places i found, and uh, when the weather treats it right, is the Glenfishy. Beautiful. Beautiful place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's my favourite bothy. Yeah? Through wet chicken in uh, Glenfishy. Yeah. And then um, there's Sally's, of course. Sally's bothy is equally beautifully that's, located that's right on that estuary there, isn't it? That's the first time I've been there. Was it this time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so scenic, mm. you know, and uh, it'd be nice to come for two or three days, mm. you know, and then you'd time to appreciate it mm. more like. 
but uh, Ruetchikan, it's just got something about it. Maybe it's the toilet. <laughs> the mod cons. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah it, it, but the estate puts loads of wood outside for you. Mm. All you need to do is chop it up, you know. Yeah. So there's also a cheery fire, a big kettle, you know. But uh, the, the scenery up here is marvellous. And it's marvellous in all its different uh, extremities as well. Mm. The the, uh, the heavy rains, the bright sunshine, deep snows. Um, not normally deep snow like, but we normally get everything on the challenge. Mm. Sometimes only one day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was certainly expecting it from the weather reports. I mean, today's supposed to be the worst day, and it doesn't yeah. look. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's, it's the the clouds come in. Um, and we've probably got ninety percent cloud cover, but it's fairly high. Yep, um, it's warm, it's bright, it's absolutely brilliant. So where is it you're finishing this one? Uh, Dunnetty Castle. Oh, right, in, well, we'll uh, see you there then. Stonehaven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, so you're going to have the um, ceremonial swim in the sea? Battle. <laughs> maybe maybe a swim, it just depends, just depends if I get a B&B the night before. <laughs> yeah, there's some good B&Bs and a good chippy there, so uh, you're assured of a... A good sleep. This brings us to the end of part two. In part three, you can hear how vulnerable you can be in Scotland when everything can suddenly go pear-shaped. A challenger has an accident climbing down a rock face, which means serious decisions suddenly have to be made. Have you had enough, or do you want some more? That's Podcast Bob's challenge story so far, to be continued. Backpackinglight.co.uk Go lighter, go faster, go further. To subscribe to our show, please follow the instructions on our website, or search for us in the iTunes directory. This brings us to the end of our programme for this evening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk.